This is Christianity in Action, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Albany, Georgia. At First Pres, we strive to bring God's hope and joy to a world that desperately needs it. For more info, visit 1stpresalbany.org. Hey folks, this is J.D. Sumner from First Pres Albany. Uh, about to introduce the uh, podcast for this week, uh, which is about loving thy neighbor. And the initial plan was to have coffee with uh, Josh and talk over some things. And, and we did that and recorded that. And that's what you'll hear on the podcast today. But then I was going to throw in the sermon and, and uh, let you listen to some of the words from the actual sermon. But unfortunately, uh, the pandemic broke loose this week. And our church was thrust into this um, incredible need to suddenly live stream the service without anybody else in the sanctuary. So uh, I was focused solely on that. So we don't actually have a lot of uh, or really any audio from the church sermon. But uh, I think you'll get a lot out of our conversation uh, over coffee. Uh, What does it actually mean to love thy neighbor? And uh, what does it mean to love thyself? So uh, here, take a listen to uh, us talking over coffee, and I uh, hope you enjoy. So J.D. Sumner here, First Pres Albany, and I'm here with Reverend Joshua Bauer, Hi. our um, preacher-in-chief here at the, the church. Uh, how are you doing today, Josh? <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah. How are you? It's good. I'm good. It's, uh, it's a very comfortable, nice day here. We're outside. It's beautiful. Of, uh, I just had coffee, so the day is, the sun got a lot brighter. It's it, good. It is, it is nice, and uh, we're outside a local coffee shop. Um, you may hear the rumblings of traffic nearby. Um, it is a beautiful, gorgeous day. Lots of pollen, thank God. Uh, things are in bloom. <laughs> so, speaking of things in bloom, um, we are talking about um, love today. Love, Loving your neighbor, right? Loving so. your neighbor. Yes. Easiest command in the whole Bible. <laughs> if only, yeah. <laughs> Easiest to say, maybe, but but putting into practice is a whole whole different ball game. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. What? Um, first, let's start with the scripture that we're basing. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it, and that makes a difference. I think we're talking about the love your neighbor command. Um, because I the the scripture we're using this week is Mark 12 uh, 28 through 44 and so this um, the command to love your neighbor doesn't appear in just Mark it appears in some of the other gospels and I actually had somebody our Bible study last night say to me didn't Jesus when he, he had this conversation say one of the parables and that's true it's the Good Samaritan that um, the, the person tries to justify themselves and says but what is who's my neighbor and it goes into then he gives the parable of the Good Samaritan that's in Luke's gospel um, not here in Mark. So in Mark, that piece is missing. Um, but yeah, that's the scripture we're going with this week, Mark 12. So yeah, that's, that's appropriate for, for today we find ourselves in when um, you know, we're facing things politically that tend to divide us, and then we're facing things that physically are dividing us in terms of uh, coronavirus and pathogens floating through the air. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, the, the, obviously the love your neighbor as yourself is ubiquitous all over Christianity, cross denominations, and you find versions of it in other phases as well. So it's, I mean, it's something that is, you can apply it and it's especially, but in our time, I mean, you have people 
it seems extra applicable because there's a lack of love, it seems, um, or a lack of treating anybody like your neighbor. Um, and, and even knowing who that is anymore, I mean, the world has changed dramatically. Um, are our neighbors on social media, Facebook, when we do those interactions, what does it mean to love somebody on social media? Um, that's uh, one of the things that's striking as the horn honks <laughs> behind me. <laughs> uh, they're excited about loving his, their neighbor as well. Uh, is that uh, you know, when you start digging around and what, what it means to love at all, what that word even means, love, um, agape is the word in Mark and in most of the places in the New Testament. What the heck does that mean? When you throw love your neighbor, what, what does it mean to do that? Now, when you start digging around in that, I mean, you get pretty deep, pretty, pretty fast. Yeah, um, for those who aren't skilled in Greek, uh, can you uh, describe what agape means? Agape means love. Well, <laughs> but, it's, but it's a special kind. It is. Of it's uh, it, compared to other other Greek words for love are like philia, brotherly love, um, eros, which is where we get our, our English word erotic. Um, that's not love we want to talk about right now. Uh, <laughs> and that definitely is not the, the kind of love that, that Jesus is urging with your neighbor, neighbor love. Uh, but agape is traditionally, it's the love that God has for us. That's the word that is used to describe the how God is toward us. And so it's unconditional love. It's, it's love without conditions. It, just, you know, love for the sake of love. Um, loving somebody not to get something in return, but just because they exist. Gotcha. And so... Um when we're, when we're thinking about this concept of love, um, what, I think now's a perfect time if you have the scripture. Uh, I do. Can we just read through it? Uh, just a section of. Uh, sure. So, uh, so the question. So Jesus is is having, he's debating the, the scribes and the Pharisees. And the context for this in Mark is he's already done the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He's cleansed the temple where he flips over the tables and everything. And so it's kind of like the battle lines are drawn for um, what was going to end up being his his death. Um, and so this is all building to that. But uh, one of the scribes comes near and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that Jesus answered them well. The scribe asked Jesus, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So that's the context in it. Um, yeah, so, so even that, what one writer, and I, I think I'm going to include this in the, the sermon this week, uh, one writer I said said, imagine that your house is on fire, and you can run in and grab one thing, maybe two, what would you grab? And that's essentially what the scribe asked Jesus is, if you have the whole Old Testament, the whole Torah, which is what they had, and, uh, and you're having a Torah fire, and you can go in and pull one thing out, maybe two, what do you got to pull out? And this is what Jesus takes out of the, this is what Jesus holds as paramount importance. Uh, and you hear it all over, you know, Christianity and signs. It's just very simple. Love God, love your neighbor. But, but, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the first part is very much part of the Torah. Yes. Very much familiar even to Christians who maybe not totally schooled in, in all the rabbinic. It's, it's the Shema. Right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Um, but the second one, 
little more obscure um, in, in my experience. Is that is that true or am I leaping out on a, a bridge here? Um, I think it, it, the, where, where it comes from. So it comes from the Old Testament book of Leviticus, which is, uh, I think I can say, is not a widely beloved book in the, in the Christian it's church. It's a list of laws. Right? <laughs> yeah, and it's got some stories and it's got a little bit of narrative, but mostly it's these, these laws. Um, and, and in that context, love your neighbor, it's explicitly talking about not things, practices like not harvesting your field all the way to the edges so that you leave room for uh, for people to, to glean food who don't have food, who are poor, widows, that sort of thing. So it is about caring for uh, somebody else, but that's where it's said, love your neighbor as yourself. So it's interesting then, it looks like we have like a practical definition or, or more of a practical view of, of love in the sense of general welfare, caring for others, being generous um, with what you have and sharing it with others. Um, but love in the broader context is, is I don't know, when I, when I hear love your neighbor, as I do myself, um, I, I don't necessarily go straight there. I, I go to more of the um, kind of the, the vague concept of love where does that line? Does, is it right. No, I th- think one of the questions, th- when we, I think more often, I heard somebody say years ago, we use the word love pretty loosely. Uh, I love, I love your hair. Uh, I, I love this new pair of shoes. I love that movie. I love my wife. I love my children. Uh, we apply it to a lot of different things. Um, but a lot of those contexts, it has to do with what we feel. You know, I feel love towards somebody else. Um, and biblically, I don't want to say it's not that. It probably includes that, but it also it's an action. I think, um, and if we're always, always reading Scripture through the lens of Jesus Christ, then we have to ask the question, what does love mean reflected and, and viewed through the life and the teachings of Jesus? What does love mean? And I think that takes a command like Leviticus and does what Jesus does with these commands. It tends to deepen them and make them uh, even, even stronger, more... Um, I mean, he said in another place, in this, he said that no one has greater love than this, to give one's life for one's friends. And then he says to the disciples, and I call you friends. And, and that leads to a question somebody asked, again, at our Bible study last night, said, what's the, what's the limit on this, you know? <laughs> what a... At what point do we do we have to give up our life, kind of thing, to, to do love like this? And it, it, so that's where I mean, you can go you can go pretty deep pretty fast, but um, but it it must have something to do with doing, with with what we're doing for other people, um, not just what we feel about them. Right. Again, the whole and the whole for our listeners, the whole title of this podcast is Christianity in Action, right? And so how we're we're trying to view. Christ's teachings through a practical lens, and so how we can apply those teachings to our lives and to, to better ourselves. Um, one interesting point that was made last night, too, I think, um, was how do we love our, our those people who aren't so lovable? Like, yeah. Um, you know, that's one thing, too, that, that Jesus talks about, that we're supposed to love, love our enemies. Um, and uh, that, I think, in practice is one of the hardest things for people to do. Um, it's, it's sometimes easier to say. But um, there was some some interesting stuff spoken about that as well last night. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And um, yeah. <laughs> 
how do we forgive? People ask that question. I mean, it gets into the weighty, the big questions. How do, how do we love somebody who uh, hates us? How do we love somebody? Can you love somebody that you feel nothing for? Um, or you feel animosity or hatred toward yourself? Um, and uh, I think one question always, a good starting point is always to say, uh, how lovable am I really? <laughs> And if I'm honest, you know, a lot of the t- God bless my wife who who lives with me and loves me well, uh, and my kids who at the end of the night can still put their you know arms around my neck and say they love me. Because uh, I, I mean, there are a lot of times in life. It, sometimes it feels like more often than not that I'm not all that lovable. So, um, and that's grace, and that's the beauty of the, the of Jesus and what He did and what He did for love. That's what we say is the good news, or at least you know the start of it. The piece of it is that. Uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That he didn't wait for us to be as lovable as possible or to, to get our stuff straight before he did what he did. Well, and, and I think um, one thing that I got out of last night was that just as that grace is shared with us, that we need to be more cognizant in giving and sharing that grace with others, especially those whom we find to be less lovable, uh, who may not who may not agree with us um, Right now, we have a presidential election. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, this, this little thing happening. Uh, when, <laughs> when your TV's not played with talk of pathogens and, yes. and, and uh, communicable diseases, um, you might hear something about an election going on. But, um, you know, and I'm thinking of a practical, again, a practical way to apply what we're talking about. And I think the first way, the easiest way is, is in our discourse online and in social media and um, and of course, face to face when we talk to one another. But as we've discussed privately before, uh, generally people are more friendly, and they temper their comments when they're face to face on certain things. Um, but seem to be a little more free with their words um, behind the relative anonymity mm-hmm. uh, protection of their keyboards. Um, I, I think that's a that's an interesting challenge here is to apply that same spirit of grace and love to those people I, I think it is and, and I think you can go far, so you, you have some platforms like Facebook uh, to, you know how do you love in a tweet um, uh, you know how do you show love on things or in a text a text message a group text um, texting back and forth and a lot of my conversations now I have them by text um, with people a lot of business gets done by text uh, how in these um, these like platforms that have no tone of voice you, you don't see somebody's face yeah how, how do you, what, what does it mean to love? Um, I preached a few weeks back about there's some pretty good stuff in scripture about keeping silent. I think a lot of the, the times, because we also have this draw that at the end of the, we, we kind of have to have an opinion on almost everything. And if we have an opinion, gosh darn it, we need to express that opinion. <laughs> and we need to express it right then. And it doesn't leave a whole lot of room for, for, for reflection on stuff, for especially self-reflection. And that was one thing that a, a lot of folks talked about in our conversation we had last night was um, it's, it's love your neighbor as yourself and that as yourself piece also is not as simple as it seems when you first read it that we're not we're not overly great at loving ourselves so much or realizing that God loves us um, well and it's an interesting line to walk to between um, being arrogant and overconfident and just that type of person nobody wants to be around yeah um, but also now there's 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 
actually deliberate talk and deliberate steps being made for things like self-care that just a few years ago, we didn't talk a whole lot about as society. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea of loving oneself, and I think in a more holistic sort of way, to ensure that you know I'm taking care of myself, mind, body, and spirit. Um, I, I, I think there's lessons to be learned there too, right? Mm-hmm. There are. Uh, I've in um, it was Henry Nouwen that talked about being in solitude with God and hearing God's voice say to you, "I, I love you." And being able to accept that, and when you accept that, what should, the, what could the fruit of that be? Not what should. Um, stay away from the shoulds and the oughts. Um, it's hard to say. I ought to do that. Never feels good. <laughs> but what could the the life look like if you fully accepted that? Would you be free to take a day off? Uh, would you not have to respond right away to that email or to the text or whatever? Um, all these, and, and would you really be free to love other people a little better too? And I think the answer is yes. Um, but but you always get back to the how and that, it, and it's it's complicated. But I think beautiful if we're doing it. Well, this goes down to weird. People love you, Josh. They're honking. Yeah, no. The, um, this goes down a weird, interesting tangent for me because it, I always assign, in some way, now I'm thinking about it, being deliberate, um, it's a thing of accountability. It's like, okay, who am I beholden to? Um, and that's who drives my thoughts and my, my actions and, and whatnot. And so if I'm thinking in the context of loving myself, um, I realize that I'm beholden to my boss and my work. I'm beholden to my wife and my family. Um, I'm beholden to all the, the things in life that uh, aren't so wholesome. Um, that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and buying something on Amazon that I don't really particularly need. Um, um, but where where do I where do I make room to be beholden to myself and to God and, and in that mix? Uh, if, if I think about the fact that I'm a, I was made in God's image, for instance, and I was deliberately woven in the womb of my, my mother, um, and that God, if he had died for nobody else, he died just for me, um, how do I repay that grace? Uh, to me, there's no more appropriate way than making sure that you're beholden and accountable to yourself. Well, I want to. I always want to be careful. Once one thing you just said was, "How do I repay that grace?" And the short answer is, you don't. Of course, you don't. Um, there's no way to repay that grace. You you live from it. In that, but but I think even the way you said that points to how we how we operate. You know, if somebody does something, I, then I, I I need to do something back that kind of measures up to that. And we can't. And I think that's the really that's the power of it. You can't you can't pay back the cross and uh, what Jesus did there. And so that really is the thing. If that's the greatest love, no one has a greater love than that. Um, doing something like that. How does that play back into our lives, starting with us and our relationship with God? Um, and how do we how do we love well? I know for me, when I'm the most stressed out, when things are the hardest. My prayer life is one of the first things to go straight out the window. Because who has time for silence and, and sitting with God or, or reading scripture? I got stuff to do now. Um, there's there's deadlines. Um, and, it's, and even when you have good stuff, I think um, that we can say coronavirus here. We're, um, we're in the middle of all of that. And I think that this is a great time to talk about loving your neighbor 
and but even in that context, you with know, sterile I'm, gloves. With sterile gloves, <laughs> right? Um, with with uh, soap and water. But you you jump in, and I want to do everything. You know, I got to get that email off that gives the good guidance to people. Got to make sure I'm doing this, 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 this. But have I prayed? And and have I? And a lot of times the answer is no. And if I I need to hear God's love for me and God's love for others, I'm not going to hear that unless I take my foot off the, the gas a little bit every so often. That's, make room for that still small voice, right? Well, right, because there are times that God screams into life and where it's really, really obvious, but more often than not, you, 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 it requires a little bit of silence and a little bit of separation from, from things, and, that, and it can be tough, especially when we're afraid. I think anxiety is, you know, when we're all keyed up and people are checking their feed and all the time and you have misinformation and good information and everything mixed in and you know back to the everybody's got an opinion and we're all sharing it and whatever it can raise the anxiety levels through the roof and it's hard to love people when you're flipping out the the homework assignment for for this week um, if we had one yeah, this is again a practical exercise in Christianity. Yeah. Um, what would that homework assignment look like? What, what, what should we go forth and do in this world? Um, talking about loving one's neighbor, so um, you know, make a deliberate effort. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, we just read for our officer retreat Max Lucado's book, How Happiness Happens. I think there's great tangible suggestions in that book. Um, that's uh, I don't know if we can officially endorse on the. <laughs> Sure, the podcast, but it, it can be anything simple. He does a thing at the end where he take, says a 40-day challenge: uh, make 100 people happier over the next 40 days. And you'll find yourself having to deny yourself every so often. Um, greet people that you wouldn't normally greet. Smile when you wouldn't normally smile. You know, say hello, do little nice things. It is stuff like that. I mean, general kindness it makes a huge difference in a in a world and in a culture where that doesn't exist a whole lot. Um, and I would say this also is tied in this scripture, Mark. 12 this is where he ends the whole thing with the widow who gives two copper coins which are all that she had that's how he ends this whole section is and and I think if we look at that it starts to, to point us in the direction not of spending every dime we have necessarily but what can we do that nobody would ever know about so how can we give a little bit of us away in order to make somebody give somebody else life? And, and that, that's what I've been thinking about all week long is if the greatest command is give your life, die for somebody else. There's a whole lot of area between that and doing nothing. And so what, what, what lies in between that? What are these little places where we can give up a little bit of me, deny a little bit of me that somebody else can have a little more of of knowing that God loves me, how can I help somebody else know that God loves them um, in, in a way that I might have to sacrifice a little bit myself? It, not a, it's a complicated question. Shoot. Well, Josh, um, it's been fun talking with you. I'm excited to see where the sermon's going to go this week. Well, so am I. <laughs> as, you, as you deliberate and pray and, um, and go through your process on that, um, I think it's, a, it's a, the perfect time, though, to talk about love, even in the midst of um, a, a virus fever mania. Well, I can't know if I should use the word fever. Let's use virus mania um, because I think we're you know we're hearing about like isolation and quarantine and these big scary words that um, 
that we talk about, but also there's this is the time though to also show more love and grace and insert ourselves in the end of that way. Um, I appreciate you taking some time to talk to us a little bit about it. Well, you're welcome. And one last thing, yeah, the, the coronavirus thing, of course, we're all supposed to wash our hands and, and that's the number one thing to do. And I think it's an interesting time if you're not in a high risk category and uh, I'm not, but people that I love are. And that's one thing that I've, I've said to folks is when I'm washing my hands, whether it's happy birthday or the doxology or the Lord's prayer or just counting to 20, whatever I'm doing, I'm thinking about those people. And that, I mean, that is neighbor love. I'm, I'm not doing it for me. Uh, I don't think this is something that I'm going to, like all statistics say, I'm not at great risk for dying of this, but there are people that I deeply love who are. And there are people I don't particularly care for who are, and I need to protect them too. That's that's love. And so when I'm washing my hands, I'm thinking about my neighbors. And I think, so how do we build that sort of thing in all over the place in our lives? Thank you, Josh, for the time. And You're welcome, will, man. Thank uh, you for your time. We will, <laughs> we will finish our coffee, and uh, we'll see everybody else um, on our next podcast, which will be next week sometime. Sure. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Well, that was a fun conversation. I know uh, Josh and I had a lot of laughs, learned a lot over that cup of coffee. I hope you did as well. I mean, it's really um, critical that we learn exactly what that biblical definition of love is and and how we can apply that to not only ourselves but to others um, and as we move forward in the world so if you like that podcast um, go over to www.1stpresalbany.org that's first pres albany with a one st and click on that big blue donate button or give button that will help us uh, sustain our church's missions um, support operations that are meant to help show God's hope joy and love to those who may not be feeling it thanks very much we'll see you next week this is Christianity in Action a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Albany Georgia for more info visit 1stpresalbany.org